0: Hello and welcome to the Co-Creating Radiance podcast where we offer support in cultivating a harmonious consciousness. Our hope and intention is not only to provide support as you make your way on your spiritual journey, but also to provide perspective, insights, and education through sharing our own experiences as we too walk the path of discovery of inner harmony and conscious self-expression. Hey everyone, my name is Sia. I am here with my dear friend, an amazing soul sister and co-creatrix. Gina. Hello, everybody. Good morning. We are so excited to be doing this. We've been live on Instagram over the last several weeks doing these recordings and these podcasts, and we decided it is time to bring our operation, our beautiful dream that's come to fruition to Anchor. So thank you so much for having us, Anchor. We really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Um, and what we wanted to begin with everyone is just to share with you how we know each other and, um, really why we decided to create, um, this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, um, Thea and I, um, we used to work together at a grocery store (laughs) and of all places to meet. And one day we were, um, We'd seen each other around before, but one day we were in the break room together um, uh, eating lunch, and um, my water bottle has um, stickers of Hindu deities on it, and I think uh, Durga was on this water bottle, Mm -hmm. and we, um, and Thea asked me about um, who the goddess was, and we just got into a conversation about, like, hindu deities um for a minute and we really bonded over the goddess kali Mm -hmm. and um and the rest really is history (laughs) just finding that that commonality of the goddess was like the point of um of uniting and we just continue to expand on so many other um conversation topics um which ultimately led us to where we are here now, speaking about um, all of these topics on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's, yeah, it's hysterical to me because I remember even just a couple of years ago going to, I'm totally blanking on the name of this coffee shop. But there's this little coffee shop that is the next, that's the next town over from where we both lived and worked and we would go and order tea and just sit and talk for really as long as we were able to
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, before mm -hmm.
0: moving on with the rest of our days. And even now that we live several hundred miles apart, we're still connecting and learning from each other and sharing so much goodness. And one thing that I really appreciate about my relationship with Jean and how it has, how it began and how it's continued to grow is just this sense of, camaraderie yeah sense of reassurance and compassion because there's a lot of shit that goes down in life there's a lot of shit around in the world right now and Mm -hmm. part of the inspiration for the podcast that we've ultimately created here was it's been such a gift to have someone walking a parallel path Mm-hmm. And even in times when our paths are going seemingly in completely different directions, so many of the same lessons are still present. And so having someone there to witness you and hold space for you and with you is such a gift. And that's really what we want to bring to everyone who encounters our podcast. We want to share our experiences and our knowledge and and our trips and falls and and the gifts that we've received and just sharing the human in us. Because I think yes. sometimes that's what we need to be reminded of most is our humanity. Definitely.
1: Oh, that was so well said. Thanks for that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Occasionally it comes out not fuddled. <laughs> <laughs> so before awesome. we jump into today's topic we want to share a little bit about ourselves primarily how long we've been on our path and what our current spiritual focus is we're going to be sharing a little bit more as the episodes go on so you get to know us and in our background and history and and our journey so we're just going to give you a little tidbit to start you off with because we could literally spend hours just talking about this <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
1: So again, everybody, my name is Gina and we, um, yeah, just so excited to kick this off. (laughs) Um, so I've been on some variation of a spiritual path since I was about 17 and I'm 33 now. So it's been, it's been a good while that I've been on my path and it's been one of many windings and, um, many different avenues Mm -hmm. as well of expression and but what I will say is that what has what I've returned to and what I've come back to the most often is the path of yoga um and yoga as we understand it in the west is a very physically based practice um where it's you know mainly focused on the postures and that's definitely part of my practice but um through my experiences with studying with my teachers, um, and with other people is that yoga is a bit more all encompassing, uh, than just the postures. Um, yoga as described by my main teacher is, uh, it's a means and it's a state of being. So, and yoga means union. So the uh, The main focus of my practice at this point in time and in the recent handful of these past years has been um, on the path of bhakti yoga. Um, Bhakti yoga is the path of devotion. It's the path of the heart. And a main practice in that path of uh, yoga is chanting, chanting the divine names um, and here we're talking about um, deities that come from the Hindu tradition. So um, that's the the mainstay and the cornerstone of my practice at this point in time. Chanting out loud with my um, harmonium, and also doing uh, a japa practice, which is where uh, mantra is chanted silently, um, and uh, the uh mala or the necklace of beads is used to um keep track of and count the mantras that are chanted over the course of time so that's the yeah that's where I'm at right now and where I have been where I've come from (laughs) that
0: is so beautiful and I think one thing that really intrigued me about you and about your particular practice especially when we first met was being a very in a very western society especially here in the United States it's like you said yoga is has i would say transformed from mm-hmm. a philosophy based practice to one of exercise. And that's not to say that everyone who practices yoga doesn't also recognize the philosophy behind it, but it's been advertised and marketed as a fitness sensation. Mm -hmm. And so I think the fact that hopefully even more so in the future, but I'm, I'm seeing it more now now that I'm starting to explore Kundalini yoga is that there are definitely people out there who practice and invest in more than just the mat <laughs> more than just right. the poses more than just right. the the studios if you will and not that those things aren't important but like so many spiritual avenues it's for so many people it's become very surface level
1: definitely and i think yeah.
0: and i think that's the other aspect of us even doing this podcast is helping to dive past those surface levels and mm-hmm. really dig into the meat and the heart of what is lying underneath. So thank you so much for sharing, it's so beautiful. I love hearing you talk about it because it's so Aww. unlike anything <laughs> I've ever heard of or seen or witnessed in, in another person. And I think that's something that we're desperately lacking is, is that sense of diversity that sense of other, it's not different. It's mm-hmm. not bad. It's just separate. But again, thank you so much for sharing. I love hearing you talk about mm-hmm. it. It's it's yeah. It's so inspiring, especially for someone like me, who like whose spiritual path has literally been all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's been in, like everywhere. So my spiritual journey really I would say, kind of kick started when I was probably 13 years old. At that age, I was introduced to paganism, particularly through Wicca and witchcraft, and which was a very, very challenging situation within my household because I was raised in a very strict Christian environment, and those things were super duper off limits. And so my earliest years in investigating and study were very much underground. (laughs) They were very, very secret. And the couple of times I got found out it was not a pleasant experience. And so for most of my teen years, I really shied away from exploring or even acknowledging that I had those interests, that I had that pull to something other than what I was being surrounded with by my family. So it really wasn't until my early 20s that I started having experiencing profound shifts and experiencing spirituality on a deeper level Hmm. that I actually felt a sense of connection to it that I didn't have to necessarily worry about what the consequences would be if I maybe read a book for five minutes more or if I stumbled across a YouTube channel like so it was it was my first years of my spiritual path were very very challenging because it didn't feel safe having a spiritual stance versus a religious one so my path has really evolved from Christianity to agnostic to atheist to agnostic to pagan to having no labels at all and even now I struggle with finding a label that feels all-encompassing and that's not to say that labels are necessary but Mm -hmm. human beings are primarily binary creatures and so we the way our brain works is we find boxes to put things in to help us understand them more and The primary focus on my path, especially this year, end of last year, has been focusing on the chakra system. And, And it just makes me smile seeing these connections that like were made without us even realizing it. We, our relationship started with a conversation around Hinduism, which is primarily practiced in Asian countries, such as India, Sri Lanka, Tibet, and, and several other places. And the chakra system is also based in that part of the world. And so a lot of my practice recently has been developing a deeper relationship and understanding and connection to the way that these energy centers work for us within our lives, how we process information and experiences through these energy centers and finding a harmonious balance within those energy centers individually and then as a whole so that's been a very very transformative and informative experience and I there's a part of me that would like to say that I'm part way through or most of the way through or I'm I'm almost done, but I just know that that's not <laughs> the case. It's the journey, not the destination. Yes, ma'am, it is. <laughs> so so that's a major pillar. And then I utilize tarot cards almost every single day as part of my practice, working with animal spirits and totems. It's, for me, it's all interconnected. They're all just like, they're just different tools that I utilize to connect more deeply with myself. I think ultimately that's the one of the almost kind of hidden keys of having a spiritual practice is is that deepening of understanding and compassion and love for who you are. Absolutely. Just letting that all think uh. in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. doing some good work already. And we haven't even gotten to our topic for today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. It's always good to reflect on. I think it's a good regular practice actually to reflect on. And it's something that we're, that we may not always be inclined to do because our minds are preoccupied with so many other things that are going on um, within us and without Mm. as well. Um, And to reflect on how, how far you've come and the roots of where you've come from it's um it just lends a perspective that more often than not can be more profound than we realize, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's always of value to um to do those deeper levels of reflection, mm-hmm.
0: yeah,. yeah. So without further ado why don't we jump into today's topic
1: yes so we um before we got this um podcast started we were just kind of brainstorming um what to actually bring up and this was one that came up for both of us pretty much straight away um which is the topic of spiritual buzzwords so um and if you're not clear on what that is it's uh, that in different circles um on the internet and uh in our communities that we we constantly hear certain words over and over again and um other people definitely have their interpretation and um I'll just go ahead and say it a watered down version of these words mm-hmm. and um th- what we're aiming to do is to offer just you know another side of um and another way of um perceiving and receiving these words um so that they ultimately. Have and that you ultimately discover what they mean for you Mm -hmm. rather than just taking on um, somebody else's definition Mm -hmm. of them or a more mainstream definition of them that is
0: um, devoid of substance. Um, Definitely. And I think that really sums up perfectly one of the words we're going to be talking about today because I think sometimes with the best of intentions, we have this terminology that we use to communicate within our circles. However, over time, we can lose sight of the purpose or original intention behind using that specific terminology. And, you know, just like every human is individual and unique, so can be the interpretations and meanings for people. So, yeah <laughs> like Gina said when we were brainstorming different topics this particular one came straight away as did the first term we're going to dive into which is light worker light worker <laughs> you can't see me but I'm dancing <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to do a little jig whenever <laughs> whenever I say this word <laughs>
1: there's definitely For- and that's it's a good it's a good point to make because light workers uh when we speak about light workers and see light workers and uh, view people who identify as light workers, it's very like joyous, very blissful, very high vibration mm-hmm. um good vibes only kind of a thing going on which is all fine and good it's really and with all of the shadow that exists in the world there will be this other polarity of um, an energy field and also um, a different uh, or the you know the polar opposite of this kind of a person Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, so yeah just like really seeing the good in all people and in all situations and just um cultivating light basically in all things that are said and done Mm -hmm. and a lot of times and like what I'll what I'll think about when I think about a light worker is that they're very involved with the ascension process Mm. um So ascending to higher and higher octaves of being and of vibration. And in speaking about the chakra system, um, that, you know, that they are consistently transmuting negative energy or shadow frequencies so that they can ascend to higher planes of consciousness that are wrapped in love and light and um just total expansion and boundlessness
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yes yes and yes (laughs) (laughs) when when we started writing our notes and whatnot for the our interpretation of a light worker how you were exposed to the term i really began to wonder where exactly did this term come from And Mm -hmm. I am not a researcher. (laughs) I can use Google probably about as well as like maybe a 12th grader, probably not as well (laughs) these days. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a millennial, so I was like learning technology, like as it came out, like wasn't born with it like in my hands. So sometimes I'm just like, I need a younger person to help me like figure out my phone. But mm-hmm. one thing I was able to track down was oddly enough, it it still floors me that such a thing exists. But I found a definition of light worker on Urban Dictionary of all places. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Like the fuck? Like okay, I'm 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 rolling with it. The definition that Urban Dictionary provides is someone who constantly seeks for knowledge and the truth they're in. And I have to say, when I witness people using the term "light worker," or when I hear people referring to themselves at, as a light worker, this is not the picture that comes to mind. <laughs> it's it's really not, and and this is not to be judgmental or put them in a particular category whatsoever. However, I also think that that's kind of the the expectation that has come from people who maybe overuse the term. And I think that maybe that's what part of what we were seeing probably within the last couple of years is that there's just been this insurgence of people who identify with this term and maybe really didn't fully pause to think about what it might have meant to them. Because when I think of someone as a light worker, I imagine them as they work, kind of like what Gina mentioned, is working to bring light and harmony and peace into their world. Maybe they they do crystal or energy healing, like I think of like people who do reiki, or they are connecting with sources and energies that are of a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. I think by that same token, though. The that particular term, the way it's evolved, is it. It doesn't feel like it leaves a lot of room for anything other than those things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I think in some ways, really, without people realizing it, that for some folks, it's it's not a welcoming term. Because mm-hmm. when I hear light worker, kind of like what comes to mind for me is like someone does not want to or will not investigate or spend time working through or with maybe those negative emotions. And that's not to say that they live in that place, but it's almost like it creates a sense of denial. Like those things don't exist. The good old spiritual bypass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot of what I personally like witnessed and experienced. And so for a while I was just like, anyone who like uses that term light worker, like, no thanks. Mm -hmm. But really, I was thinking about it this morning as I was walking my dog of all things. Is that for me the the way I now perceive someone utilizing that term versus even just a couple of months ago, is that this is someone who chooses to have that higher vibration, that positive outlook, that taking on that task of being a source of light for the for their communities and for the people around them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not necessarily that they're denying those things, but they're saying that those things have a counterpart and that even, you know, there's no shame in embracing those positive things, those higher frequency things. It's not saying that you'll live there all the time because you don't live in one place forever anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we just have this new movement in cancer. Things are always ebbing and flowing and shifting and changing. But I think the, now when I think of someone who might refer to themselves as a light worker, I think of someone who that's where they want to return to. You know, have yeah. the shittiest day on the planet, but they want to come back to that space where they're able to provide love and patience and compassion to the people around them.
1: Definitely. Well said. Yeah. Um, and to tack onto that and kind of segue into what we're going to be speaking about next is that, you know, we all get to choose the the reality that we live in. And, um, now more than ever, that's becoming very, very obvious Mm -hmm. as, uh, uh, many, many opinions about all things are being shared and put on display. And, um, we do have choices to make in every single moment and every single day about where we put our energy, um, and what we're working towards ultimately, and, light work and also with our next spiritual buzzword shadow work Mm -hmm. um that both of those paths are and both those kinds of people that are on those um unique paths are both alchemizing humanity Mm -hmm. and and uh human experiences and human and uh human energy that comes from um Different sets of experiences. So there is no greater than or less than, is the main point. It's just a matter of what are you going through um, in life currently? Mm-hmm. And um, because sometimes with light work, what can happen is that you're doing all this really great, beautiful work, and a lot of things have changed. However, um, Certain patterns are still very much running in uh your most intimate relationships um, You may not be a, um, seeing or attracting the kind of success that you want in life um because of limiting beliefs that are still looming under the surface of all of your light work and things like that. so if that is the case um or if you come to shadow work by another road um shadow work ultimately is another path of alchemy that brings a person to love at the end of the day just like light work Mm -hmm. um and shadow work is where where like with light work where we're really focusing on higher octaves of being and higher frequencies of feeling shadow work is where we really dive into our raw emotions, where we mm, dive into our humanity um, Mm -hmm. and really turn up that that stone and look at what's going on underneath there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about facing ourselves and it's about facing our limitations and not looking at it from the perspective of quote unquote low vibration, but just being like, wow, okay, this is what, this is how I get in my own way. This is how I hold myself back. This is why I'm not experiencing happiness, success, X, Y, Z. Um, this is why I'm not getting along with my family, you know, all kinds of things that, um that kind of buzz under the surface or can be really obvious for us sometimes too. Um, it's the shadow work is the path of facing those things that we would rather turn our face from. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a path that many people turn from because by its very nature, it's painful. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of people will look at the path of alchemizing their shadow and just stick their hand their head rather in the sand and uh just live life from a place of unlike ignorance and a lack of awareness rather than facing and conquering mm-hmm. their themselves. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. I I love the way that you put that I think it's so beautiful and one of the kind of images that came to mind while you were speaking about the I wouldn't even call it a duality between shadow work and light work is I kind of picture light work when you are operating primarily through your upper chakras like Mm -hmm. I would say throat up Mm
1: mm-hmm
0: and shadow work, I think, is very much solar plexus down. Yeah. Because the I feel like from my own experience, from witnessing other people, from working with and supporting other people through their own challenges, is I would argue that the majority of the challenge or I'm even going to go so far as to say trauma that we experience, particularly when we are young, when we are still developing, when we are growing (laughs) to understand. Oh, bless you. (laughs) Apologies. If this was the middle ages, I would say, be gone demon. (laughs) (laughs) Just clear it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Um, too.
1: but you were talking about, <laughs> um, working with people and, uh, you're speaking on shadow work being from solar plexus down in terms of
0: working with the chakra system. Yeah. So the, the challenges of trauma that we experience in our earlier stages of life, that's, if you understand the chakra system. You will, you will know that when one chakra is affected by something, to some extent, the rest of, of your chakras are also affected. Probably to a lesser extent, but there's still an effect there. It, it's like a ripple. Mm-hmm. Something happens with your confidence, it shoots out everywhere else. And the, because part of the reason I think that shadow work is so challenging and oftentimes incredibly painful is because you have to go back to times in your life when you were incredibly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And because you were vulnerable and because you experienced adverse instances, you built protections for yourself. You built up walls. Yeah, You developed a defense mechanism. And so as you grow and as you age, Shadow work starts coming up when those systems are still actively working, but they're not working for you anymore.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. They're starting to have the opposite effect. But you may have been working with them for so long that you don't know how to work without them. And so you find yourself in this tug of war with yourself between where what you believe you want and where you want to go, and the the fear that if you go there without these things, that you won't be safe, that you won't be successful, that you won't be understood, that you won't be heard. And so it's just like you said, Gina, like shadow work is fucking hard. Like it's not a joke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are people who avoid their going back and and working through and healing those spaces because of, of what they've experienced. And I think really, this is something that I think really distinguishes the difference between shadow work and light work. And I think most, and I mostly have this perspective because up until now, I've primarily focused on shadow work. I haven't reached a place in my path where I feel the call to really shift my focus. And and those differences that I see showing up in shadow work. in in two primary fashions the first is integration Mm -hmm. integrating the lessons and the medicine that that come along with healing those spaces healing those situations it could be forgiveness, it could be inner child it could be healing abandonment, it could be so many different things the first is integration receiving that medicine going back and seeing from a different perspective what you can take that will that you can carry forward that will still benefit you maybe you developed a like rock solid discernment from your experiences that you can carry forward but the distrust of everyone no matter how much they've proved to you of their of their loyalty or their love or their care for you or whatever it is that's when the releasing comes in big time and so often i i hear integration and i hear release but rarely do i hear them being talked about together and i think that's why a lot of people struggle with when they are in their shadow work is is this overwhelming sense of like, I need to let it go. Letting things go and, I re- and releasing, I feel like are two different things. They, they're related and they live in the same neighborhood, but they're not the same. Because when, when someone says to you, well, just let it go. To me, that implies that you are instantaneously unclenching your fists and, and letting something go away from you. Whereas yeah. releasing is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. I like that distinction. <laughs> yeah. Just one of the things I've picked up.
1: <laughs> no, definitely. Um, yeah, we like um, people are, or at least I identify with this image is that um, we are multi-layered beings we're like onions Mm -hmm. and uh with respect to peeling back layers of experience that is um painful um we are literally shedding and losing parts Mm -hmm. of ourselves that we thought that we needed parts of ourselves that um served to define us
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I think the struggle in in releasing and in letting go, both of them, Mm -hmm. is um, that we don't know who we are on the other side of that, like the uncertainty is very unsettling. Mm -hmm. And we're accustomed to carrying so much weight Mm -hmm. um, because of what we've experienced and to all of a sudden be free or to like experience a, even a glimpse of that freedom is um it can be scary, mm-hmm. even though it's like what you've
0: been wanting for so long. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that active and affirmed shadow work does is it challenges our sense of victimhood. Mm hmm. And that's not to say that we have not experienced situations where we have been the victim of someone else's actions. Because a lot of times that's exactly what's happened. However, what can happen is you, in order to survive, you justify your reaction to these experiences. However, that react, that justification gets carried past the point where it's helpful. Exactly. I have so many examples of those situations in my own life. And I've witnessed personally what a life is like when you refuse to move out of that shadow of victimhood. Well, this happened to me. So I can't move forward, or this happened to me, so this is the way I behave now, or or whatever it is. And and that's not to say that when you are recovering from those situations, that those aren't understandable or even necessary depending on what your situation is. Yeah. But it's once you've moved out of that situation, once you are no longer in danger it's it's just like you said it's like who am I without this mantle of pain who am I without these experiences basically you know being the explanation for everything else in my life like who am I without that right but then there's part of you that's that doesn't want to be defined by those experiences so it's this it's it's really about being between a rock and a hard place yeah it, that those experiences can absolutely be defining, but you can also choose how they define and how how impactful that that is in your life. I have had experiences that have completely changed the course of my life mm-hmm. and I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I'm not the person I am because of those things. No, 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 no. I'm the person that I am because of how I responded. Right. I'm the person I am because of how I chose to move forward. And that's not to say it was fast. and That's not to say it was easy. And that's not to say that I didn't fall backwards sometimes. Because that's life. Yeah. It's a fucking roller coaster. And you know what? Sometimes you throw yeah. up
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Life affects my upchuck reflex. It does. <laughs> it
0: really, truly does. And not only that, but one thing that I keep on encountering is, you know, not only within in myself is but also in, in others is the more that I do this work is that sometimes our shadow work doesn't even have to do with us specifically. Sometimes it's about being able to recognize what has been put upon you by family members.
1: Yeah. And the larger collective. Too. And the
0: larger collective. Some of it's not mm-hmm. even your shit. Yeah. <laughs> but really, you're really. it around with you everywhere you go. And, and, I think for a lot of people, it's it's really the key to why they're not experiencing what they're searching for. Because they have, they're bogged down with all this bullshit that doesn't even belong to them. But it's, but right. they've been told that it does. They've been told that yeah. they are somehow responsible.
1: Definitely. That's actually come up for me. Um, just within the past few days in um, speaking with a friend, she said, Uh, when I was just processing something with her that had to do with my family, she's like, you know, that's not your cross to carry. Mm -hmm. And it never was. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because um, I've heard before that, you know, there are certain um, people in a family dynamic who are assigned to clear the karma of their family and all of that. And I'll say that I, I believe that for a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. and it could be true, who knows, but I am, I don't know if I'm quite identifying with that anymore Mm -hmm. because I'm really making it a clear point to identify like what, what I actually need to be integrating and what I don't need to be integrating at all, Mm -hmm. you know? that some people's work is their own absolutely. And it's not my responsibility to take on that that karma mm-hmm. like my karma is my own and I need to be taking care of that first mm-hmm. and by virtue of me taking care and clearing my own karma mm-hmm. uh, that's <clears throat> the spaciousness that comes from that and the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness has a ripple effect Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I need to take on the weight of integrating the pain of my family or my ancestors or Mm -hmm. you know I'm that's not my I'm not what I do may have an effect on that but I'm not taking it on as my energy
0: anymore Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's, I think it's kind of the, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Like if, yeah. if you're on the journey and you come across this beautiful, clean river and you're like, dude, I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink. I'm going to nourish myself. I'm going to take care of my needs. But your mount is like, no, I'm good. I like being dehydrated. It's fine. I'm mm-hmm. not cramping. <laughs> I'm not in pain. Well, that's really all you can do.
1: Right. You can hold
0: space and you can provide opportunities, and you can be an example. But at the end of the day, they have a choice just like you do, just like I do. One of the the things that I've been realizing more and more and more is how much of my, of what I've been carrying around was like almost assigned to me. And I'm just like, "Mm, I didn't consent to that. And I don't consent to that, right? But what I will do is I consent to the work that I am doing for the betterment of myself and the betterment of the future that I hope and pray and and intend to come to pass, that it be sent out. And then anyone who is willing to receive, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that they do. Yeah. That they feel peace, that they feel forgiveness, that they feel inspired, that they feel motivated, that they feel seen, whatever mm-hmm. it is, because we don't always know what it is. And I think that's the key is we don't always have to know. Yeah. I think sometimes people shy away from from the shadow work because they don't know where the end is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, baby doll, I hate to break it to you, but um, (laughs) there's not really an end until the end. Yeah. Life is truly a spiral. Stuff comes around, and you think you've done good, and you take care of your business. And then six months, a year later, something similar, or maybe it's the same person who's giving you grief pops up, and you're like, didn't I send you packing? That I gave you an eviction yeah. notice. Bye. <laughs> Look, what are you doing here? But it's, yeah. it's like you said, we're incredibly complicated. We're incredibly complex. We're layered AF. And mm-hmm. the the deeper we go in our own work, the deeper we go on our journey, and and the more development we do on our path, the more we're able to handle. And so I think part of it too is that shadow work is intimidating. The the prospect, I mean, of I, yeah. facing all those things that you tucked away because you're just like, I can't handle that. Going back to mm-hmm. that attic that's chock full of all your shit, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, people will take one look at that and, or just even not even look at it, but just feel mm-hmm. it even before looking at it, and just be like, nope. I'm sorry, that's not what I'm doing in this lifetime. I'm gonna
0: watch TV and drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> and... and uh, yeah. I would say that's the beauty and the curse of free will. Because I think the another yeah. aspect of shadow work is answering for, facing, um, acknowledging things from previous lifetimes. That maybe we didn't really have the chance to work on, or right. that we chose not to. That stuff doesn't just get erased, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's taking. Um, it, that's the other reason why people resisted. I think is because it requ- shadow work requires us to take personal responsibility, mm-hmm. and it requires us to be fucking accountable for how we behave toward ourselves Mm -hmm. and how we behave toward others. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's hard. It's hard for us to admit uh, where we've gone wrong. um, If we're looking at it from a more dualistic perspective, Mm -hmm. I guess, but just recognizing where we've, yeah, where we've dishonored ourselves and dishonored others, how we've betrayed ourselves how we've hurt ourselves, how we've hurt other people. You know, these are things uh, that we don't like to admit to because on some level, even though though we don't think that we're perfect, uh, we still want to believe that we are (laughs) somehow. I don't know how that
0: logic works, but that's part of it. We don't like admitting our faults. Yeah, I think it just comes back to that defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people carry or have been as assigned that unearned responsibility, that undeserving blame from someone else in their life, and we take that on and we justify yeah. it in our own minds and in our own hearts. Mm-hmm. And you know, there some of the integrating that i've seen and witnessed and also have had to get comfortable with is almost reintegrating aspects of who we are that maybe were previously unacceptable or that like weren't safe to display
1: mm-hmm. That's a good point and something that I was synthesizing just before you said that and as you were saying that is like, there is a resistance to admitting to ourselves where and how we've gone wrong Mm -hmm. because as children, um, if, if we did something wrong, According to whoever our caretakers Mm -hmm. were, we got into trouble Mm -hmm. and because love was given on a conditional basis, Mm -hmm. um, we equate being wrong with being in trouble, which means that we are not accepted Mm -hmm. and that we are not therefore worthy of Mm -hmm. love when we are, when we are wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Does that make
0: sense? 100%. It 100% does. Because what what happens is the behaviors that we witness that are modeled to us as children, if this is not the case, like I hope this is not the case for everyone. And if so, I mean, everything in the universe bless that because sweet Jesus. But for a lot of people who grew up in maybe an unstable household, those model behaviors like that becomes your foundation Mm -hmm. that becomes your your compass rose if you will like your true north like if, if all else fails this is what I know yeah and I think maybe that's part of the appeal of of going or identifying or trying to encompass the the space that light workers hold is because at least there people are focusing on things that are far away from what causes them pain or what yeah. has caused them pain and doing doing your work of i personally believe that it happens eventually i think in the context that we're speaking on it today is a very proactive and direct course but i also think that there are ways of engaging your shadow work and and doing the work that's not as intensive maybe that's true and we are all meant to take
1: if we choose this mm-hmm. path um wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. the the levels of intensity will vary um and it depends on the kind of person that we are if we're really like goal-oriented people Mm -hmm. and we're logically uh minded (laughs) we want to find we want answers we want solutions we want to really figure it Mm -hmm. out um so that we can stop suffering and maybe wasting time Mm -hmm. as soon as possible Mm -hmm. but really it's like um, the reminder to and this is one that I need all the time is just to like be to be gentle with ourselves Mm -hmm. as particularly as we move through this work because it requires so much of our vulnerability because it is so triggering Mm -hmm. Um, and that the path of shadow work Is one of feeling things fully, um, and not, especially if you're more logically inclined, um, that um, you can't think your way through this. Um, Certainly, there are is time to reflect and to contemplate, but that um, if you're thinking through your feelings, you're you're not necessarily feeling your feelings. Mm -hmm. So making that room to feel as much as you are logically processing is really
0: important. Mm -hmm. I I think that's absolutely true. And when I reflect on my own personal path in all sincerity, I've been like kind of moving through my own shadow work probably for the last five years. It's only been since the beginning of this year that I've really kind of buckled down and, and agreed to have this be my primary, one of my primary focuses for now. Yeah. So while I wholeheartedly agree with everything that we've, we've said and discussed and shared, I don't want there to be this misconception that that's the only way to do it when I first started, it was very slow and it was very, very small pieces at a time. And I would go months without feeling like I was, quote unquote, doing anything about it. But I think Mm -hmm. that's part of the process is so much happens that we don't maybe actively notice. Right. the, The process itself can be very passive. Yeah. Very passive.
1: It's like it's like um, thinking about it. Like I heard this recently. It's like a ripening process. Yes. You know where you just like like a plant or like a if you are um, an apple on an apple tree. You just you know the apple on the apple tree is not busy thinking about like oh I gotta grow I gotta grow like it allows. Mm-hmm. The light of the sun to affect it the amount of rain um, the quality of the soil the wind da da, da 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 it just these forces move around it and affect mm-hmm. it and it doesn't have to consciously do anything
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's like the seeds are planted the conditions are good um, and uh, all things
0: grow within their own time mm-hmm. uh, without force mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I think that's the other thing about shadow work is that you can't force your way through it. Yeah. You really can't, as as much as I would like to tell you that there's a quick way through, <laughs> there's really not. There's really not. But I think the, the freedom and, and the empowerment in doing your shadow work and, and, and facing those those aspects of yourself that maybe you've been really critical of, you know, I think for the most part we've kind of discussed shadow work on like a very, very deep kind of like almost primal level, but shadow work comes in all shapes and forms. Maybe the way that your shadow work is coming up is is you finally getting comfortable with speaking your truth and showing up in the world exactly mm-hmm. as you are unapologetically. That's fucking work. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I totally lost my train of thought. Shoot, well, maybe that's all I was meant to say. So I'll I'll leave it there unless it comes back to me. But mm-hmm. you know, just just again, we're we're all individuals on on this planet trying to figure our shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a really tumultuous time, but part of the beauty of that is that you know we don't have to be in isolation when emotionally or mentally when when we're doing this work. We can Mm -hmm. most definitely support is highly
1: encouraged if you can allow yourself to receive it. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even just being patient and, and compassionate with yourself. Like you're just by acknowledging that you have work to do on yourself that's fucking powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. You deciding that the way in which you've conducted yourself or lived your life or done things the way you've always done them or, or what have you, saying that there's room and value in making adjustments, not even full on changes, but just adjustments. That's also powerful. That's how everything starts yes, Definitely is making that commitment that I just want better. I want better for me. Hmm. And then I think the rest comes. Surely, maybe slowly. But Lord help you if yeah. it comes all crashing in on your head because that's a trip too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish that for anybody because I almost feel like that's worse.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of energy to integrate all at mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. It's so interesting that yeah, you know, we we started this podcast and this was like our first topic, just with the the state of the planet right now. I think in a lot of ways, the the planet itself, humanity itself, is doing a shit ton of shadow work. Yeah. And, and yeah,
1: there's nowhere to
0: run or hide now. No, (laughs) just you know, it's it's on a much larger scale. And that's not to say that we have to be in the thick of it all the time. Mm. It's okay to rest, it's okay to take a break, it's okay to say, like, you know what, I need a little space from this right now. Yeah, and
1: taking those, um, moments where you just connect back to your breath or you connect back to nature or just like just to become present like in whatever way shape or form that shows up for you is like integral Mm -hmm. um in order for you to be like you can't give from um an empty cup or you can't pour from an empty cup so taking giving yourself the permission to take rest to replenish your reserves is essential so that you are effective in the ways that you want to be mm-hmm. um, within your um, family, within your relationships, within your community, and within the larger um, collective.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I feel like if we were live on Instagram, this is where I would probably light the sage. <laughs> <laughs> Move that heaviness. Move that heaviness. Yeah. Hmm. Amazing. Well, Gina, I feel like I'm kind of getting the inclination from, from source that I've pretty much shared everything that was really on on my heart and, or in my notes to share. Was there anything that you wanted to Maybe close with um about either of these topics that we talked about today
1: just to re- yeah just to reiterate is that um, no matter you may experience light work and shadow work um, both in your mm-hmm. life that you don't have to you don't have to pour your energy into subscribing to just one of these things you will likely encounter and work with both. Mm. Um, depending on the choices that you make. And just remember that no matter what side of the spectrum that you end up falling on at any point in your journey, know that it all leads back to love. Like remember, remember your goal. Mm -hmm. Remember why, even though that it's about the journey and not the destination, but just remembering how you, we all start on a path for a reason Mm -hmm. and to, take time in your contemplations to remember why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. is essential mm. and that rest is essential. And uh, to remember that it's not weak to ask for help mm-hmm. um, at any point in time. And if you feel like you can't trust anybody right now, that hopefully you can trust in love itself and in whatever form that you welcome that love in. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So beautiful because we are powerful, but support on all levels and dimensions is also very powerful Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too is if, if nothing else is taken away from, from our discussion today, I sincerely believe at the end of the day, it's all medicine. It's all medicine. And sometimes medicine doesn't taste like shit. <laughs> I don't know if if you ever experienced this, Gina, but I remember when I was pretty small, I'd have a common cold or whatever and go to the doctor. And there was this medicine that literally tasted like bubble gum. Oh my God, yeah. I don't know if they're still making that (laughs) or if that actually worked. I've never encountered anything since that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes medicine doesn't make you feel the best right away. Sometimes medicine Mm -hmm. helps you maintain, sometimes medicine helps you sustain, and sometimes medicine Mm -hmm. helps you flush that stuff that's just making you feel awful but it, yeah. but you can't receive that support and that help if you're not willing to receive it at the end of the day it's all medicine and that the other day like Jana said it all comes back to love mm-hmm. and so I think before we sign off we just want to share our love with you we see you and we recognize and, and honor where you are and where you've been and we hope that this is not the last time we get to spend time with you yeah beautiful so that concludes our first
1: episode everybody thank you so much for joining us and for tuning in yes. if you want to learn more about us you can visit our individual um instagram accounts that's the platform that we are the most active on um my account is at gina.redondi and thea's is at thealin13 and we'll type this all out for you in the description um, of this episode so, so that you can access that mm-hmm. um, and reach us with any comments or questions that you might have as well um, at our email at cc at gmail.com and tune in next week with us as we shed some more light on um, a couple more spiritual buzzwords <laughs>
0: Thank you again so much to everyone who tuned in and joined us. We would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. Again, just sending so much love. We all need it right now. Just hang in there. You're doing better than you think you are. I bet you anything. (laughs) Once again, thank you so much for joining us here at Co-Creating Radiance. May you find Radiance where you least expect it. And we will see you again soon. Thank you so
1: much, everybody.
0: See you soon.